what happens when someone you love dies is like your life is literally just like cleaved in two. So you've got the before it happens and then you've got after it happens. And for us, we felt like we definitely had to try and use this experience and turn it into something good and make their deaths mean something for us too with this new life that we were now living. From Women's Health Australia, this is Uninterrupted, a podcast where we chat about all aspects of health and well-being so that you can live a happier and healthier life. I'm Lisa Gebilagan. That voice you heard earlier belongs to Imogen Khan. She and Sully Douglas described their meeting as a bit of a love story. They became friends in their early 30s when they met at a support group after their mums died suddenly. They've since created the podcast and Instagram community, Good Morning, that's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, Morning with a U, where they talk openly about grief with a lot of honesty, warmth, and even humour. Today, they chat with our commissioning editor, Alex Davies, about why they want to give this taboo topic a voice. They share their advice for coping with loss, as well as tips for supporting those going through it, what it was like dealing with grief bombs in the supermarket, and how their experiences have changed them in positive ways too. Trigger warning, they also talk about suicide in this episode. Right, so for those people who maybe are listening to this and maybe aren't familiar with the community, can you tell me a bit about what brought the two of you together, really, and how the Good Morning kind of community came to be, I guess? Well, it's a bit of a love story. <laughs> so, well, it started off quite quite tragic, really, when Sal and my mum died suddenly. So Sal's mum died suddenly in November of 2019 from a seizure and my mum died by suicide in February of 2020. And so from there we just we felt very alone with our grief. We didn't know anyone that had lost a mum, especially at our age. Um, and then we reached out to a support group and that's how we connected. And we went to a meetup that happened in Sydney, which was just on the cusp of COVID, where we could actually see people in person. And yeah, we, we met there and then I slid into Sal's DMs after that, didn't I, Sal? <laughs> you did, you did. You dropped me a line to say we didn't really get much of a chance to talk, but I feel like we had a lot in common because we were both in our um, early 30s when our mums passed away. They both died suddenly. So, yeah, there was quite a lot in terms of cir- the circumstances of our mother's passing that we felt we could connect on. So we met up for a wine, didn't we? And then became fast friends and through kind of our wines and our catch-ups, we were talking about how we both really struggled to find resources that we could relate to around the topic of grief. There really seemed to be very little out there for people kind of in your 20s, 30s and 40s when you're in that in-between age um, where you don't necessarily expect to experience a big loss. You know, you, mm. you think that you're going to have your parents until you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s and you don't expect to be dropped into you know, deep grief. So we were talking about like, how can we help other people? And how can we create the resource that we want, and that we would relate to ourselves? And then it was a bit of a light bulb moment, wasn't it? Ian? It was like, well, why don't yeah. we start a podcast? And from there, we started Good Morning. And Good literally, like straight away, <laughs> we didn't wait, <laughs> we didn't muck around. <laughs> yeah. And, and for those not familiar with Good Morning, we talk about grief and loss. 
so we have our podcast and then we have an Instagram community where we share lots of content and resources. And our aim really is to open up the conversation around grief, but in a really real and relatable way. So we do it with a lot of honesty and a lot of humor. And I think that's what sets us apart. We, we don't try and, um, you know, sugarcoat what grief is like, but we just approach it in, you know, in a way that's really, really real and hopefully relatable to our audience. And we interview lots of inspiring guests from all over the world um, who have lost someone they love to talk about how grief has shaped their lives and how you know they've managed to cope with with their situation so in a nutshell that's our story Mm -hmm. and and how good morning came to be I love that because you talk about it I remember in kind of on the podcast and things I remember listening to the first few episodes and it's been part of this club that no one really wants to be part of and but there is that sense so much in what you create and the content you're doing and the comments and your social media and everything like that it is this community you've created and it's warm and there's uplift you know uplift to it as well and it's a real there's that sense of connection so much and I think you achieve that so well like you're saying with the humor with with the relatability and the honesty I think and do you get that feeling that is that real community there yes absolutely we love our community and we find that people are connecting in our comments as well and making friendships and it's just it's such a nice positive place to be out of such awful circumstances and yeah we're really proud of of what we've created and it's some some place that Sal and I can go as well to feel like people understand what we're going through and it's crazy it's like we opened a door to thousands of other people all experiencing what we're experiencing and we just didn't know that that was there when we needed it so it's yeah it's quite special why is this topic which I think can feel quite taboo a lot of us don't want to talk about grief and loss and things why is it something that we all really should talk about more and be more open about you know do you guys think before it happens to you grief is just for other people you kind of don't really think about how you're going to handle it when it does happen to you and I think society doesn't prepare us for it which can be why it's such a shock when it it does strike when we both found ourselves grieving I think it made us realize how little society talks about grief and how much it is still a taboo because we aren't educated around how to approach it and that's what made us realize okay it's really important to give grief a voice here because people don't know how to support around it people are awkward around the topic and it may be just because they just really aren't sure whether they're going to upset you or how to how to approach it at all but we we really felt strongly that you know we need to talk about it more openly and educate people on on how you know, how to support around the topic and also let others know that what they're feeling is completely normal. Yeah. And I think there's this expectation as well from our society to sort of be over our grief by a certain point, like after a few weeks or a few months that we should be over it. And I don't think unless you're going through it, you don't realise the magnitude of grief and how it's something that evolves over time and it's something that I think we're going to live with for the rest of our lives and it can be really lonely and yeah even when you have a good support network it can be lonely so I think it's that's why it's so important to speak up about it so people that aren't necessarily going through it themselves or don't know what that experience is like can understand and better support people as well and I think you can also like feel like so many feelings when you're grieving. So it's not just sadness. So people can look like they're doing okay. Like one of our favorite quotes is is someone can look fine, but they're carrying a heavy load. Like you don't know what someone's going through, you know, and it's, I think that's another reason why it's so important to 
bring awareness to this topic as well. Yeah. Because I think people think, you know, that if you're grieving, you're going to be on the floor all the time or, you know, crying all the time. But actually, some, you know, everyone carries it really differently. And quite often we have to go back to work, you know, a couple of weeks after the funeral and everything kind of the initial initial death and life goes back to normal and I think people might assume that you're okay but you know it, grief doesn't just disappear after a few months you know your grief evo- your grief evolves over time and it's learning how to live with it and I think the more people can be educated on on you know how grief impacts people and the different ways that it can manifest then I think you know the better prepared we all will be Yes. The quote is, I just found it, just because someone carries it well, it doesn't mean it isn't heavy. And I think it's so so important for everyone to know. Everyone's got a story. Everyone's carrying a heavy load and you don't know until you go through it. So, Yeah. And Imogen, you said something just earlier which made me think about, I was listening to one of your your episode where you were telling your story of loss and that idea that you can be surrounded by people but still feel isolated and alone and I think that's so true you know grief just doesn't look like look like one thing do you know what like there's all there's so many nuances and different changes to that experience and so like you say so important to acknowledge that yeah and I think everyone around you as well like if you're supported by family and friends they're all grieving as well but in a different way like I think loss affects everyone so individually um so you can yeah have a huge support network but no one can really understand what you're going through and I think that was what was so special about meeting Sal is she fully understood the situation and you know her mum died not under the same circumstances but suddenly so she knew what that felt like to lose your mum to have her there one minute and then the next minute having to deal with not having a mum and so I think that's why our friendship has been so special and so important um for me in particular I'll speak for you oh, too Sal for me, for me too and it's, yeah. it's and it's the thing else to have that person that you can call and be like I'm having such a griefy day today like we <laughs> we we call them grief sessions you know when you're having the like we're like I'm having a grief <laughs> sesh where the ugly crying is like you know you're crying the music's on and um and just that that's someone that knows you know exactly how you're feeling or if you're like I'm feeling really anxious today or I'm really snappy you know in always knows and can like understand how I'm feeling and why and I think that's that's really helpful because sometimes you know when you're in your 30s or 40s or um any age that you don't expect to lose someone a lot of a lot of your peers haven't gone through a loss they might might not understand exactly what you're feeling so having that support person that friend that does get it has been such a such a godsend I remember there was a time we were shopping it was quite early on and we went to a sale and there was a mum shopping with her daughter and Sal came out of the change room and clocked it and she just looked at me and just gave me that look it's like it's okay I know what you're feeling I'm like this is really painful (laughs) but like it's just that unspoken understanding which is amazing oh my god I'm getting teary (laughs) but yeah it's just it helps so much to have someone know exactly what it feels like I remember you saying as well in one of the episodes that one I think I couldn't remember which one one of you messaged the other first slid into the dms but then I think, was it Imogen, you messaged Sally? Was it that way around? Yes, I plucked up the courage. (laughs) (laughs) But then I think, Sal, you were saying in that episode that you'd actually wanted to reach out to Imogen as well. So it was 
almost that meant to be connection really oh definitely definitely we shared those messages on our social media recently for our one year anniversary of us meeting (laughs) so we shared the actual messages that we'd written to each other and it was exactly like that and Sal did say that she's like I was meaning to message you back as well I told you it was a love story (laughs) (laughs) and without like without sounding too woo woo we definitely do believe that our mum's you know, had a hand to play in bringing us together. And yeah, there's just so many, like we've got so many similarities from lots of different things and, and the way that our lives have panned out. And yeah, it just feels like it, we were meant to, meant to be friends. I wondered if you could tell me a bit about what making Good Morning has brought to your lives, I guess. You know, is it cathartic in a way? What does it, what does it bring to your lives? It's incredibly cathartic. It's just, it's been something so amazing that has come out of something really tragic. And I think it's helped both Sal and I in our own healing journey in in many, many ways. We've turned a, you know, an awful situation into something positive. And I think for us, we feel like we're channeling our mums through Good Morning. It's definitely something they both would have done if they were in this situation and alive. And we feel like we're just, yeah, turning their legacy into something that will help others and and for us connecting with other people in the grief community has been incredible and uh, you know we find ourselves in this wonderful community online that's like a support network isn't it Im? it really really is it's been really cathartic in our own um healing journey it's been weirdly energizing as well and i i never thought that grief and energizing could be in the same sentence but here we are (laughs) so (laughs) Um, true (laughs) But we we both often think we wonder where we'd be in our healing journeys if we hadn't have started Good Morning. And I think it would be quite different. Um, So definitely, you know, being able to talk so openly about our grief, but also share the stories of others and the guests that we interview. Um, You know, we learn so much from those interviews as well that help us in our healing journey. So um, it's definitely brought us a lot of a lot of purpose some healing and you know in in many ways pleasure by helping others and seeing other people benefit from from the content that we're sharing I think as well at reading the comments on your Instagram you know I find them so moving and there's so many incredible stories of very different types of loss experiences and I wondered there must be many and I think the emails you get as well but if there's any sort of feedback or perhaps a message that really stands out for you guys something that resonated with you and made you think yes this is why we are doing this. There's one piece of feedback that has like stuck with us So I remember, yeah, I remember reading this particular one. I was sitting in a cafe back when you could sit at cafes and live a normal (laughs) life. Um, And when I read it, I just literally like started crying and I called Sal straight away. I was like, Sal, have you read this message? So anyway, it was this like really, really, really long message in our Instagram from one of our listeners whose mum had died. And she was basically explaining in the message how, when she listens to us, she's, it was it was almost like a poem she'd written us. Mm. It was so beautiful. And she was like, when she listens to us, it feels like she's sitting out in the terrace in the sun, listening to friends talk over coffee and that she laughs and she cries along with us. And, and even though that she's thousands of miles away, she feels really seen and heard and that her grief is validated by what we're saying. And then the message ended with her saying something like, and you feel like, 
a warm embrace, you feel like my mum. And I just lost it. And I was like, Sal, I like, honestly, we've done our job. <laughs> it was. That I was said, I'm about to burst into tears. Wow. wow. Oh, I, I can't even describe to you what that felt like mm. having bringing that level of comfort to someone through something that you're doing. It was just such an amazing moment for us. Yeah, it really, really was. I don't think there was a dry eye in the house, was there? No. <laughs> well, there barely is here. I don't like, oh, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And you've, you've spoken as well about how your experiences of loss and of grief have changed you as people and changed your outlook on things. And, you know, in in ways for positive ways too, you know, and I wondered if, you know, you could tell me a bit about that really and yeah, how it's changed you as people, you know, your perspective on things. I think it's changed us completely. Like I, I, I definitely don't feel like the same person that I was prior to my mum dying. I think one of the things that I've learned is that you can really grow through pain and it's not until you're faced with adversity and you're in the depths of, you know, darkness that you have to find the strength and the courage within yourself to come out of that. And then what does end up coming out of that is like a whole new evolved version of yourself. And yeah, it's been quite an amazing experience at the same time without sounding too crazy. But I think what happens, what happens when someone you love dies is like your life is literally just like cleaved into so you've got the before it happens and then you've got after it happens and for us we felt like we definitely had to try and use this experience and turn it into something good and make their deaths mean something for us too with this new life that we were now living which at first felt really really awful and like we weren't going to survive but we've turned it into something special. So I think, yeah, there have been many positive ways of many positive things that have come come from it for us. I think as well, you, when you lose someone you love, you do see life through a bit of a different lens and you have a new appreciation for life. We certainly have found that, that we have now. And that might be because you see the fragility of it firsthand and how quickly um life can change and and someone can go and how you know every moment needs to be embraced and I think from that there's almost like an optimism um and a determination to make change that can come with that and there's a term called post-traumatic growth and that for us has been we have found that 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 post the death of our mums we have wanted to use the experience for growth and change and, and and almost use what has happened as a positive I definitely think for me as well not sweating the small stuff and trying to live in the moment more has been a you know a big outcome of my mum passing um because yeah you realize how how fragile life is and um just trying to be present is is really key I think all around as well just more compassionate and Mm. more understanding of other people's suffering which we weren't before having yeah before having experienced our own suffering it really opens you up to realizing the pain that people go through in life and how everyone's got their story so I wondered if there are any misconceptions I guess or things that you think people misunderstand about grief that you'd like to maybe clear up 
Loads. How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> the whole other episode. <laughs> um, yeah, there are loads. A big one is I think people often think you don't want to talk about your loved ones. They might assume that it's too painful to say their name or to talk about what happened. And everyone is different. But what, what we have found on the whole is it, it really is the opposite. And most people really want to hear their loved one's name. In fact, it's the, probably the one name they want to hear above all. If anyone is listening who isn't sure how to approach the you know, topic of grief or if they know somebody whose loved one's died, definitely don't be afraid to ask them a question about that person or to say their name because they would probably really love that. And another one is that grief and joy can coexist. I think a lot of people think, and we just touched on this earlier, that if you're grieving, then you can't also have moments of happiness or they might see you if you're like laughing or having, you know, um, a fun time with friends and think, oh, that's weird because aren't they supposed to be grieving? But actually they can coexist. And it's really important to try and, and find moments of joy because, Otherwise, it makes, you know, a difficult situation a whole lot worse. Yeah, and I think another big one just off the back of that is that people may assume that grief is just sadness, but what we quickly realise is it is so much more than just sadness. Like the other emotions can often outweigh the sadness, like fear and anxiety is a massive one. And we've done an episode covering anxiety specifically, which is, it, you know, there's so much to delve into on that one. Um, but like guilt is another massive one and mm. denial, confusion, and people can even feel shame. Like there's so many other emotions that you can feel that people aren't necessarily aware of. Um, but another massive one is, I don't know if you're familiar, but when you experience the loss of a loved one, often you Google like grief and loss and just trying to understand as much as you can about what the hell you're going through because it's just such a wild experience and one of the first things that you come across is the five stages of grief so this was a model that was designed by a psychiatrist called Elizabeth Kubler-Ross so she's got the five stages of grief which are bargaining denial anger depression and then acceptance so I think when you go into it initially you're like okay great so there's this linear timeline once I hit acceptance that's it I'll be I won't be grieving anymore and so you get a massive shock once you hit maybe what you might feel like acceptance and then you're angry again and then you're in denial again and then you're you know it just goes round and around and sometimes you can feel all of those stages like in five minutes What's been really interesting doing the work that we've done is we've actually found out that those five stages were never actually meant for the bereaved. So she created those stages for terminally ill patients. So grievers are going off this five-stage model that's not even designed for people experiencing the loss of a loved one. Um, so that's been probably the, the biggest mind-blowing <laughs> moment for us. We're like, oh, okay, so that's not really meant for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is that idea of what you feel like you should do versus the reality of a situation very much. Yes. Yes, yes. and we've done a post about the – we did one with, like, the timeline of the stages and then expectation is, like, this, you know, straightforward line of we'll get to acceptance and then we're finished. But the reality is, like, just a squiggly – messy ball of like <laughs> whatever you know that's more what it's like you know and I think once you understand that it takes the pressure off having to actually 
graduate from your grief, which just is not a thing. Absolutely. And people think that you might be griefy on, let's say, like the anniversary of their passing or um, a, a big milestone, which can absolutely be the case. But what they also might not realise is it might be a random Tuesday and you're in Coles and you're buying a carton of milk and literally for some reason, and you don't even know why, like you just literally cannot hold the tears back and this wave of grief can come over you. It can just hit at any time. And sometimes literally you're not even sure why. You might not have even really like thought of them in that moment, but you just can be just bowled over by just a, a just a huge wave, grief wave bomb. of grief. A grief bomb. <laughs> a grief bomb. Yeah, we call it a <laughs> grief bomb. <laughs> literally just explodes and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Just another it does one. feel like a bomb, doesn't it? It's like just goes off and unexpected. You're like, okay here we yeah, go you like feel it like exploding in your heart and it's like you think you're okay and you had a kind of numb week and then it just hits you out of nowhere so if there's anyone listening to this who is going through grief and who is grieving at the moment you know I know there must be many from the work you've done and the things people you've spoken to but do you have some tips to even start or things to prioritize that you would just really love people to know who are grieving yeah, of course. I think grief, it's so exhausting. And when you don't, when you haven't experienced it before, I think you can judge yourself a lot and be like, is what I'm feeling normal? Is this, you know, should I be feeling this way? And I think people just really need to like lower their expectations of themselves, especially when they're in the thick of it. And those first, I would say the first year is just a write off, like, you can't live a normal life. It's hard to shower. It's hard to get out of bed. It's hard to respond to text messages. Like just the basic things are so, so hard to do. So I think stripping things back and taking things minute by minute was like one of the best bits of advice that I got given. Um, so right, like I think it can be really hard when you're looking too far in the future because it's so hard to like visualize a life without that person in it. It's it's impossible so it can be really, really overwhelming. So, yeah, just stripping it right back and being like, right, I'm just going to get through the next minute, whatever I need to do, just get up, try and have some food, some small nourishing meals, but just really strip everything back. That was like the the biggest, like best bit of advice that I got given to get through the early days especially. What about you, Sal? I would say a big one um, for me was and is, just staying connected to others so if anyone is going through grief at the moment sometimes you can feel like you just want to shut yourself away or you know it feels too overwhelming to try and have a conversation or meet up with someone but I would say that social connections are so important in helping you through your grief in the initial stages but then further along as well so just making sure that you do stay connected to others and it doesn't have to be you know, loads of people can be one or two people, but just making sure that you do have a support network and, and do actively um, stay connected to, to some people um, because that that will really help in the long run. Yeah. And also allow yourself to have a break from your grief. It's going to sound a bit weird, but like you can get like grief fatigue and you can get so stuck in it for so long that, it's hard to get out of it, but like a really good piece of advice that 
I'm pretty sure it was a, one of the psychologists I was seeing. I was seeing so many therapists at one point, but she was like, give yourself some time out, like some time off where you, you know, because when, when someone's alive, like you will use this as an example, but when my mum was alive, like I didn't think of my mum 24 seven, but when she died, I started thinking about my mum constantly out. Like it was obsessive, you know, thinking all the time about the loss and, so I think it's really important to allow yourself to kind of have a break from that and put your grief away for a bit, even if it's just switching off and watching a really crappy reality TV show. I watched Shit's Creek got me through <laughs> the early grief, <laughs> but like something that can like maybe take you out of it for a bit and just allow yourself to have a break and, and enjoy something else and don't feel guilty for it because the guilt will come in when you do that. Definitely. That's a good one, Em. And I would say as well um, to not be afraid to seek professional support. So if you are struggling with your grief, to see it, maybe find a grief counsellor in your area. Like we've both seen grief counsellors um, and it's been really beneficial for both of us just to be able to talk things out. So if you are struggling in your grief, um, maybe see if there is a professional in your area that maybe you could speak to because it can be can be so so helpful processing and we'll absolutely we'll include some resources in the show notes and things so people have maybe a place to start in that sense so yeah and then thinking I guess on the other side of that if someone's listening to this and we want to support someone we love or we know who's grieving and we spoke a bit about some of the misconceptions before about perhaps you know we might think that person doesn't want to talk about the person they've lost but actually that you know is likely not true and you know what are some of the ways that we can best support kind of people what helped you guys in that sense oh loads of things um so one thing one thing is when you're going through a loss the initial months weeks and months um can be quite overwhelming like people will contact you people that you haven't heard from for a while as well as your close network and it can be it's amazing it can be overwhelming so just if you know somebody who's um experienced a loss maybe send them a message but put at the end of it no need to text back or no need to reply because quite often you feel like you've got to construct a a text back and it's just too much it can be really exhausting so that would be one thing just a little acknowledgement at the end of a support message that can really help and let them know that the pressure's off to try and think of something to say and also um if you have got a friend that's grieving, just be sure to show up for them and be consistent with that. Because like we've said, grieving, you know, it can be lonely and you do rely on your support network. Um, so just don't flake <laughs> and be consistent because that yeah. can, it can mean <laughs> Don't so be a much. flaky friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, like one thing that we realise is that, how important language is like the language that you use when you're supporting someone. So even the slightest shift in how you approach talking to somebody grieving can make such a big difference. Like, you know, when someone asks you, how are you when you're grieving, it's probably like the worst thing to ask because you're not okay. And then you often don't want to delve into that. So you just be like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And mask how you're really feeling Um, but if you shift it slightly and just say like, how are you today? Like, how are you feeling today? Or how are you feeling in this moment? 
um, it can kind of open up space for a more honest conversation and allow that person to perhaps be a bit more vulnerable with how they're feeling. Um, so that is something that we we did notice. So just, yeah, just ask, how are you today rather than how are you? And on the topic of language, if anyone is experiencing or trying to support someone through the loss of suicide, one of the biggest things would be try not to use the term committed suicide. So you wouldn't know because I like even before it happened to me, I, I use that term as well, but it can be a really painful thing to hear because it feels like your loved one has committed a crime or they've done something wrong um, when really they haven't. And I feel like that type of loss should be treated the same way as if somebody died of cancer, like nobody committed cancer or, you know, so just maybe saying a more softer approach, like died by suicide um, is, is a better way to say it. But yeah, people don't know that. And it's quite fascinating. Like we just automatically say committed suicide because we're so used to using that term. But that was, that was a big one for me that I learned. And I think another one is um, the first initial weeks after someone passes away are so busy, not only with the shock and the grief and the sadness, but also there's often like a lot of admin and a lot of organizing to do. Um, So if you are supporting somebody who is going through a loss, then the little things like offering to do their washing or walk their dog, take them around a couple of like dinners, things like that because quite often like household chores or the everyday things just get wiped off your list like you can't even think about them they just go you know to the bottom um, of the pile because you just don't have the headspace or the energy so maybe instead of saying is there anything I can do to help maybe be a bit more direct and be like what do you need me to do I can walk your dog I can go and get your groceries you need the house cleaning like and that makes the griever as well because I think sometimes when people say oh if there's anything I can do it kind of puts it back on the grieving person to think of something and 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 then come like get back to them which you know you sort of feel like you don't want to do and it's a bit it doesn't feel as genuine whereas I think if you say right what can I do give me a list or do you want me to pick the kids up from school or do you want me to do your shopping and just be direct like that can actually really really help yeah, almost give them so the option true. just to say yes or yes or no, rather than having to, like you say, think of an idea and have that extra level of mental load, I guess. Absolutely. Yes, because you don't know what you need as well. Like we had no idea what we needed. So how are we supposed to be able to tell someone when we don't even know what we need? That's a that's a big one. Um, and I think as well, it more to Sally's point before, like show up and be consistent, but just check in often. And I think what happens is after the funeral, like you're flooded with support and sympathy and, and cards and love from people, but then everyone else goes back to their normal life and our life is so far from normal for a very long time after that. And I think sort of the social norm is, you know, you get maybe a month of people checking in and then after that it's just crickets. <laughs> so a really good way of supporting someone is to be that person that shows up when everyone else has gone back to their their daily routine and their normal life where they're not thinking about your loss anymore um that's a massive one and and on that point um checking in often but also taking the time to remember their milestones so 
literally take a minute to pop in your diary the, the, the date of their passing um, if you know that information or maybe if you know their loved one's birthday and just send them a text or a card on that day and honestly that can mean the world to somebody who is grieving a loss because um, it's a painful day for them and if you can just show that you've acknowledged and remembered that date it can it can really really mean so much so that's a big one as well. Just speaking about milestones that you've just mentioned that made me think of how you cope with milestones and days and things like that. And I think you were saying that taking time off social media can be really beneficial for you both around certain times. You know, is that the case? Yeah, social media can be really triggering. Mm. Um, And as much as, you know, we're happy for everyone to be having nice family time on those sort of days, it can be really in your face and hard when you're experiencing loss and you don't have that person there to celebrate. So like just switching off from it is the best thing to do. Yeah. It's really important. We found just um, on those days, you know, Mother's Day and then friends of ours that have lost their dad do the same on Father's Day and just taking a break from it because it can be uh, relentless and, um, and it can often be quite triggering. Um, And one thing that we've also found on those milestone days, Um, that really help us both is actually doing something that our mums would have enjoyed and sort of channeling them and involving them in the day or like paying sort of honoring them by by doing something that they they loved that can be a really nice way to incorporate them into into remembering on them on that day so for example I will often have like food that my mum loved or we both really enjoyed op shopping so I'll go op shopping and just do little things that I feel I can connect with her and so if anyone is listening who is experiencing grief that might be a nice thing to consider if you're navigating a, an upcoming milestone. And supporting Sally is your go-to for supporting people like my <laughs> mum loved op shopping too and Sal honestly she goes op shopping with my oh, mum. I'm and like, crazy now. <laughs> yeah, you are crazy. I am She goes shopping and like channels my mom and picks things that my mom would have bought me from the op shop because oh. my mom used to buy me crap every week. I was like, mom, stop buying me shit from the op shop. <laughs> <laughs> and Sally will go and do that now for me. And I cannot tell you how meaningful that is. And I actually feel like my mom is with her there doing that. And it's so special. So if anyone's supporting someone like Quirky little ideas like that can mean so, so much where they've put thought into it as well and known what that person was like and what they might have done for that for them is just it's so, so special. That's yeah, so that's special. Shout, yeah. I love that so much. Wow, it's just absolutely beautiful. So yeah. <laughs> she bought you back some classics, some classic buys. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so funny. <laughs> Just thinking about the podcast, you've had some, like you mentioned, some brilliant and very different guests on the podcast. You've interviewed about their different experiences or their different approaches to how they look after their mental well-being and life. And I wondered if there's anyone who's really resonated with you or perhaps a guest who shared just a brilliant piece of advice that you always sticks with you or you'd like to pass on. One that really sticks out for me was um, we were interviewing Jo Zamet. about her journey with spirituality and how she has used her experience of losing her mum to then connect with her mum. And she taught us quite a lot in that episode about, you know, asking for signs and learning how to 
how to connect with our mums through signs. And I think we both took a lot away from that. But something that she said, and it's really simple, but I think it really, it stayed with us, was how we've all got the inner resources to deal with the challenges that we face. And it's just about turning inwards and, and looking at your inner strength um, to navigate your grief and just knowing that you can connect with them through signs and they're there guiding you. That for us, um, it was quite a powerful episode that we took a lot from. Yeah, I think on that spiritual note as well, another episode that we absolutely loved and we had so much amazing feedback from was we got to interview David the Medium. So if you're not familiar with David the Medium, he is hands down one of the best psychic mediums there is in Australia. He is the real deal. And Sal and I were fortunate enough to have a private reading with him after we did our interview and we connected with our mums. And so without sounding too (laughs) woo-woo, we have found a lot of comfort in learning about like connecting spiritually with our mums and finding peace in knowing that death isn't actually the end of the relationship or the connection with that person and that's been a huge part of our healing journey is like yeah looking at the spiritual aspects of death as well um which is something that we knew nothing about and speaking to some of the guests that we have it's just really opened up our minds a lot to that and it's been something that's we've found so much comfort in and a lot of our listeners have also found comfort and we get messages saying I asked for a sign and I got it and it's just little things like that have just been so special um yeah and I think it's going to be fun and another um guest interview that we um we recently did was with the author Hope Edelman who um she's written lots of different um books on grief but her most famous one is Motherless Daughters um and something that she said about grief and how you navigate grief as you know your life goes on without that person is to think of it as grief as a train station that you come back to and depart from and sometimes you'll be feeling heavier than others or the grief may be more prevalent but um, it's always something that is there but you're just coming and going and and that for us I think was quite a helpful analogy to think about grief as we move through it um and as our grief kind of goes on yeah and that definitely took away the expectation and the pressure as well because I think when you are grieving you want to think am I grieving right like you can mm-hmm. really judge yourself sometimes and you're like I, I should be better or I, I thought I was doing okay and now I feel like I've regressed like I think knowing that it you can kind of come back to feeling really crap and then you'll feel good again it's not something you know it's something that you move through it's not a a destination of acceptance and the grief is finished that we're we're all aiming for it's just not the reality of it yeah that analogy is incredible really because like you say you can be a bit further away from the station sometimes and then come back and it's always just gonna a constant flow I guess more than anything else yeah yes and you're like damn I'm back here again I don't <laughs> <this> station <laughs> it's bloody station yeah <laughs> yeah I hate this station <laughs> but you can like you can really judge yourself like sometimes we both talk about it don't we Em like sometimes I'll be like I haven't had a greasy week for like a few weeks like what's wrong with me am I like a numb person like yeah and then yeah and you'll be like I don't know what like it's weird like I, I feel like I should be feeling greasy and then you know next minute you'll be feeling like 
a, a grief bomb will hit. But grief bomb, do, yeah. Yeah, you do judge yourself. Yeah. Like, and then um, you're like, oh, why am I feeling so gr- griefy? I thought I was all right. <laughs> so no matter what you're feeling, you're judging yourself. But just whatever you – that's the thing I think that we really want people listening to know is that whatever you are feeling is absolutely normal. And you may not think it is, but it is normal. It's Grief is messy and chaotic and sometimes normal. Sometimes you may not be feeling sad and you're like, I should be more sad. My mum has died. What's wrong with me? But, you know, feeling numb is also normal. So everything that you feel in grief is normal. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great note to end on, Sal Imogen. Thank you so, so much and for talking to me as well, but also for the work that you're doing. And we'll put kind of details and links to the podcast and to your Instagram page, all in the show notes and things like that. But, yeah, thanks so much. And we cannot wait to yeah hear and see what you guys do next. But, yeah, it's just absolutely wonderful. I encourage anyone just to check out the community. It's absolutely fantastic. So thank you. Oh, thank thanks, you Alex. so much. So it's been nice. so lovely chatting with you. Yeah, of course. Right. Thanks so much. Take care. Make sure you find Sally and Imogen on Instagram and listen to their podcast, Good Morning. Remember that's morning spot with a U, wherever you listen to your fave podcasts. Like this one. If you'd like to add more tools to your mental health arsenal, pick up a copy of the November issue of Women's Health with Jenna Juan on the cover. You'll find expert advice on how to look ahead in uncertain times like these. Discover the benefits of rewilding and learn to conquer your fear of other people's opinions. Thanks for listening to Uninterrupted. This episode was hosted by Alex Davies and produced by me, Lisa Gebilagan. For more from us, visit womenshealth.com.au. We'll see you next time.